once you start getting reviews, what will happen are the first reviews that you get are going to be the ones that get the most upvotes just because those are the ones that people see. But if you have really good reviews, and I also gave this tip to the Heath brothers, you're going to get good reviews that are on page two and page three of the results. Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to the Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello, and welcome to the Author's Corner. I'm your host, Robin Colucci, and today I am very pleased to introduce to you Alexandra Watkins. Alexandra is the chief executive boss lady of Eat My Words. She is a leading and outspoken authority on brand names. Her breakthrough creativity book, Hello, My Name is Awesome, How to Create Brand Names That Stick, is considered the brand name Bible and was named top 10 marketing book by Inc. Magazine. Since 2005, Alexandra and her firm have created love at first sight brand names for clients from Amazon to Xerox. Her own name hall of fame includes Wendy's, Baconator, the Nido Robotic Vacuum, Smitten Ice Cream, the Spanish Language School, Gringo Lingo, and the frozen yogurt franchise Spoon Me, as well as the Church of Cupcakes. And what Alexandra and I, and there's so much more to say about Alexandra. So go check her out because she's an incredibly dynamic lady. And what you're going to hear about today is not only Alexandra's expertise in brand naming, which by the way, crosses over to book titles, but also in branding itself and how to create continuity in a brand. And a special treat for authors is we go into quite a lot of detail on how to make the most of book reviews, both improving your ability to gain book reviews and have people review your book, and also some ideas on how to make the most of the book reviews that you give and how promoting other authors can help you promote your own book. So lots and lots of value here and sit back, relax, and listen. Alexandra, welcome to the Author's Corner. Thanks, Robin. So glad to be here. I'm so happy to have you here because I think that one of the great mysteries that all authors have to confront one time or another, but hopefully before the book launch, but certain after the book launch, is how do we go about promoting this book in a successful way. And so I'm just delighted to have you here with your expertise to share with us. But I'd like to start off by maybe you could tell us a little bit about your first experiences with marketing a book and maybe some of the challenges that you ran into. Sure. Well, first of all, I didn't want to write a book. So just that alone made it difficult because I was approached by a publisher and asked to write a book. And so that was hard enough. But the marketing is definitely just as much work as writing the book. And that is something everyone should know. So my challenges were 
that I was an unknown author, obviously, like I'm sure most people are, you know, so where do I start? But I had some good resources because my publisher is a Barrett Kohler and they have a whole community of authors who were super helpful to me, but I hired a PR firm. That's one thing I did right off the bat. And then I just got into self-promotion mode and I learned a lot just reading online. There's a terrific book. It's called Your First 1000 Copies. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I'm not, but I It's by to- Tim Grawl. You have to get him on your podcast. Yeah. Great. So it's called Yeah, Your First 1000 Copies. It's an ebook. It's also a printed book. He has a second book as well, and it's super helpful. I think that's probably the most helpful thing I did was read his book. And I told my publisher about it and they love that book too. And they have all of their authors read it now, but that's terrific. And he talks about building an email list. I already had one, but he gives a lot of really good tips on that. And then what I did that I thought was really smart was just get people involved. I had people submit ideas for the title. I've seen other authors show photos of their butt. Which of these should be my photo for the back cover? Which of these quotes should I use as my epigraph, which is that little, it's the quote, I don't know. It's the quote in the beginning of the book. Mine was, the first one I did was, it was Pablo Picasso. And he said, the meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. Which I thought was really nice because I do give away a lot of knowledge in my book, although I give it away for $19.95. I'm not exactly giving it away, but somewhere. Well, if my book book is a loaner or a gift, you are, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can get it from the library for free. Get it from the library. It's $18.95. Yeah. And I think (laughs) I took that out. Oh, I know. So for the second one, for those of you who have watched Breaking Bad, you know it at the very end, Walter White says, Say my name. So that's because my book is called Hello, My Name is Awesome, How to Create Brand Names That Stick. And it's all about wanting people, I want people to say the name, whatever your name of your product or company is, say my name. That's what we all want, right? As marketers. So yeah, say my name, Walter White. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. These are really great suggestions to get your audience involved. I had one client who's a novelist and she would blog about her experiences of her creative process. And that really started to get people curious about the book. You know, it was another way. Can I tell you one thing that I've seen done that I find it to be unethical? I'm not going to say who has done this, but I've seen a couple authors do it where they write their manuscript, then they ask 200 people they know to review the manuscript, I think in exchange for their name in the book, which is like in the acknowledgements in the acknowledgement section, or I don't know if they say in exchange, but the person's name ends up being in the book. And I feel like that's just a really cheap way to get. And I don't think that they actually, I think by then they're done with the manuscript and they're just almost doing it like as a gimmicky format. I don't like that. Yeah, I have a whole rant about what I call manufactured authority, but that's a really great example of manufactured authority, right? Where you're not really generating actual reviews from interested readers, but you're just calling in favors. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of like, I don't know if you followed the whole Aussie scandal when that the whole Aussie was a media, I guess it still is a media company, but they would like do these quotes that were actually on like billboards, bus boards, and it would have a quote from the Los Angeles Times, but they had placed advertising in the Los Angeles Times. So it wasn't really the Los Angeles Times quoting them. And it was like, that's just, that's so low. It's wrong. (laughs) That's yeah. And I think that when people participate in those kinds of things, another thing that I've seen people do is anybody can post a blog to like CNN's website or can write an article for Fox News's website or CNN's website or lots of news organizations have these sort of open forums where you can write an article and post it. But then people turn around and they put those badges on their website as if they were featured. Oh, oh, yeah. It's like an expert or somebody who was interviewed uh, by that news outlet. And so that's another kind of cheesy example of this manufactured authority. And I think in the long run, I guess, I guess if you can sleep at night, I guess you can, maybe a lot of people get away with it, but I feel like, man, if you're found out, it's gotta be like a credibility destroyer. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'd Uh, rather not be looking over my shoulder for 20 years, you know? I agree. That's (laughs) yeah. You shouldn't have to make stuff like that up. The other one is asking people to write five-star reviews. And that's also just obviously paying for reviews and all that. It's not good. But it did give me, remind me of, this is a technique that people can use. I really suggest buying a lot of books and giving them away for free. I do that. I speak at Stanford every year at the grad school. And that's where I will buy the books and give them away. It's good optics for people to be walking around on campus with my book. Right. And like, that's what you have to think about too. Optics. I think it's so important. I have a bright yellow cover of my book with a hello. My name is sticker on it. It says awesome. Hello. My name is an awesome is written on it, but for people to be walking around with that, it looks good, but, and it gives credibility to my book. Obviously I don't give them away everywhere that I speak. But one thing that I do when I give my book away is I have bookmarks made. They're pretty big bookmarks. And it has a message in there about if you like this book, if this book helped you in any way, if it saved you from a bad name, if it made you squirt milk out of your nose when you were drinking a milkshake, squirt a milkshake out of your nose because my book is funny, please show some love. And it says the nicest thing you can do for an author is write a review on Amazon. And it's so true. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's going back to reviews too, because it matters that the people who are writing the reviews are actually people who've read the book and actually have an interest in the book. Because if you are just pooling, getting your friends and your Aunt Millie together, then it actually misleads Amazon's algorithm as to who might be interested in your book. And so. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even know that. That's really interesting. Yeah, you want people writing reviews who match your ideal reader. That's so interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll have to tell Aunt Millie to. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have Aunt Millie. I don't have Aunt Millie Millie buys 10 (laughs) a day. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I do have a lot of tips on reviews. Do you think you're, okay. I have a ton of tips. Okay. 
this is the very best. I wish I had known this, like things I wish I had known when I first wrote. Mm -hmm. So my book, I wrote it, it first came out in 2014. And then I wrote a second edition, which came out like right before the pandemic. But what I figured out is I think I just came up with this idea on my own. And then it was like, oh my gosh, why haven't I done this from the beginning? So as a consultant, I get, and an expert in my field, I get a lot of people just writing to me asking can you give me your opinion? And it's really easy for me to give an opinion. And so they're almost always someone who's read my book. For those people, I say, I would be happy to give you my professional opinion if you would be willing to write a review of my book on Amazon. And the keys are, I don't say five-star. I say, if you would be willing, I say professional opinion. I think that goes a long way. And I say, just send me a screenshot. And they always do it. Right. Sometimes I'll even say, sometimes I'm just nice and I'm like, hey, let's do a 15 minute call. And sometimes this can turn into hour long calls, but look, it's free for us to give advice, right? I mean, it's not always free. I mean, mainly people have to pay, but if somebody who read my book, who really liked it, or I just want to have a relationship with, because we know as authors, it's so nice to hear from someone who read our book and liked it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I learned that from Charlene Lee. I don't know if you know Charlene Lee. She wrote Groundswell. She founded Altimeter, which I named. But she's the one that told me that. She's like, it's so rare when you hear from a reader. And it's true. And I I treat my readers with like they're just, they're fans, right? I mean, they're precious to me. So yeah. yeah, And you know, when you do consulting work, like so often, I mean, I've had, it's happened to me and several of my clients where somebody will reach out to you and say, hey, I've read your book. I really, I know you're the consultant I need to hire. What's it going to take? And of course, that's my favorite kind of sales conversation, right? Because I mean, <laughs> then you're just talking about if it's a fit and logistics. So oh, um, yeah, no, for yeah. sure, Robin. Yeah. Now, every client that's ever hired us since I wrote my book, I would say not every, but I'd say 90% or more have read my book. And definitely everyone, I do these consulting calls called Name It ASAP, where someone can hire me. Right now it's on sale for 2,500 bucks. And someone just, um, they fill out our creative brief. I come up with a bunch of starter names for them. And then we jump on a 90 minute call. And those uh, always is someone who's read my book. Yeah. I'm just realizing as I'm talking to you that the big duh on my forehead right now is you just have to ask, right? Like if you don't ask people to write your re- reviews, they, they probably won't think of it, right? Most of yeah. them. Yeah. But I was just thinking, man, I just did a boot camp with 10 people who I sent them my book. I didn't ask any of them to review my book. <laughs> But I'm going to on the follow-up call. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's awkward. I <laughs> like dumb. <laughs> and then, okay, I have so many more tips on reviews. Okay, oh, please keep okay, going. I'm sorry. I'm just like they're like in my head. Okay. Yes. All right. So this one I told the Heath brothers down in Chip Heath, and they didn't know it. Which, and I'm like so so happy I was enlightened them to this. So when you start getting reviews. 
if you get a, like a bad review, like a one-star review that has nothing to do with your book, it's like the book arrived late or it was damaged or whatever it was that had nothing to do with the content of the book. You can have those removed from Amazon. Cause I went through, I was like, my favorite book is made to stick. That's my favorite business book that they wrote. And one day I was looking at the reviews and I'm like, who would give this one star? I looked and they were all things like that. So yeah, I said, that's have those point. removed. And, and then so the, I'll take them down if it's clearly not a legitimate, if it's just a troll or something like that. Yeah. Oh God, the trolls. Thank God. I don't have any knock on wood. That was my biggest fear writing a book was that I would get not trolls, but other people in my profession that I have a very distinctive philosophy that not everyone agrees with, which is that a name should make you smile instead of scratch your head. So I'm not a fan <laughs> of names that are like arbitrary or Invent, like poorly invented names, right? And <laughs> the amalgamated clusterfuck names, as I call them. Um, <laughs> that looks like they were made by a committee, right? Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> the patchwork <laughs> name. Yeah, yeah, password names, exactly. Yeah. So one thing that you can do too is once you start getting reviews, what will happen are the first reviews that you get are going to be the ones that get the most upvotes just because those are the ones that people see. But if you have really good reviews, and I also gave this tip to the Heath brothers, you're going to get good reviews that are on page two and page three of the results. And they're going to be buried. Nobody ever goes past the first page. So they all have what are called permalinks. So when you click on the review, it will have its own individual URL. You can get a posse of seven people that are, you know, that that's where Aunt Millie can maybe help out. <laughs> Just get because I don't know if they are tracking who upvotes. Maybe they do. So maybe not Aunt Millie, but get people to upvote your find so seven, rest, 10 yeah. reviews and have those be upvoted because yeah. most people don't search by most recent review either. So your mm-hmm. top review could be from 2014. Right. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Great. What other suggestions do you have for reviews? Always, if you can, and I'm guilty of not doing this enough, but if someone writes a review, you can comment on it. And I would comment and thank them. Just thank them for something specific that you said. I'm glad you found found my book helpful, naming your new venture, whatever. And another thing you can do is... We'll always write something positive about the book. Like, I'm glad you found the book, da, 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 reiterate that. Because people are excited. Like, think of, you know, I get, I, I like the fact that I know the Heath brothers, right? Like, I'm beyond excited by that. So think of how exciting it is to connect with an author and imagine writing a review and get it. Cause it's, we don't, I don't review every product I buy on Amazon. I certainly don't review every book I read. So that is something nice to do. Just engage with your reader. And also, okay, one time, one time I got a one-star review and it was the first time I ever got a one. I think maybe some jerk on, on some jerk guy. Oh, here's an, okay. This is another way. This is another way. So some jerk guy, like two years ago, left me a one-star review on Audible and I use that to get reviews because I would tell people when I was asking for reviews, I would say, because somebody would write, they love my book. I'm like, I'm so glad you loved it. 
if you would be willing to write a blah, blah, blah. And I re- and those were people that weren't even asking for anything from me. They just said they right. love my book. And I said, if you'd be willing to write a one-star review, thanks so much for helping. Some jerk guy just gave me a one-star review. And then they're like, what? Like they get really protective of me, right? Like how dare him do that? Right, right. So that was one way around it. And then the first time I got a one-star review in my book, my book has 412 reviews. So it was inevitable that at some point it would happen. Which is kick in. Yes. Yeah. So I, the first time I got a one-star review, it was from a woman named Linda and she, (laughs) her. Remember her name. Oh my God. No, of course. It's like remembering your I don't know your your, your first worst, kiss, your worst, your first, date, your worst, your worst date ever, right? Yeah, yeah, no, right, right, not your first kiss, your worst date ever, exactly. I um, she gave it one star, but she wrote like the, her subject line was like helpful and informative or something like that. I was like, what? And her review was really nice, and I realized she read one star as five stars. So if you think about first place, right? The blue ribbon is first place. It's a one. So that. Right. So, oh my so, gosh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Were you able to get that corrected, or was it no? Just- no, I tried. So I tried. I was devastated, and then I had this realization that. We all look for one star reviews, right? We look at the five stars and we, I was just doing it this morning, like mosaic tile for my pool, right? Right. So we always look at those one star. And so I thought, oh, people are going to look at this and it's good because, and so, and then I wrote a funny comment to her. I wrote Linda, when I first read that you gave me one star, I cried and had to eat a donut. Right. And I said, but then I realized that you thought one star meant the best. Like, (laughs) so I'm good with that. But like, that's great. So that was okay. That was a saving grace. So, and like, I have wanted like the guy that gave me one star on Audible. I tried to find it because you can sometimes track people down. But then it, it helps if you look at everything else they've reviewed and you realize, oh, they're really a curmudgeon. They they never give anything a good review. Right. Um, and I think other people can do that too. And look, if you have, I have, I think maybe 85% five-star review. So, and people read that stuff. And we all know there's always going to be, even I did this um, presentation one time where I showed one-star reviews for famous works of literature, right? So like even the best books. I was going to say, I think the best books are polarizing to some extent. If if you're not turning off some readers, then you're probably not turning on your your ideal reader as much as you could. Yeah. There is definitely something there. Yeah. Someone gave me a bad review recently because they said I was too mean. And I am the Kathy Griffin of brand names. I will call you out. (laughs) If your brand name sucks, I'm going to say it. But here's what. I will never be the first person to tell someone their name sucks. They know it inherently because people are like, wait, what does that mean? Or how do you pronounce that? Or like, wait, why aren't there any vowels in it? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Why aren't there any vowels in it? Right. So I'm not the first person like, you know, that chocolate in the, are you in the Bay area? No, I'm in Connecticut. 
So I'm oh, okay. Yes. In the Bay Area, and it's national, it's a chocolate, and it's spelled T-C-H-O, and it's pronounced cho, like chocolate, C-H-O, but it's T-C-H-O. And like that name is, it's so regrettable, and I know the founder regrets <laughs> it. And I'm not the first person to say that the name is difficult or that to know that it gets butchered all the time. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. And that is... You know, and it's so important in, uh, as you know, in book titles, and that really sets up your whole promotion journey. <laughs> if you have a great title, uh, yeah, member and things like that, you know, titles are really yeah. important. And in my book, actually, has a lot of brainstorming tools that people could use to come up with titles. But I think it's really important if your title has legs. I named a book recently. It's about the COVID, like post. COVID work world. And I named it Workquake. And Workquake, you know, it lends itself to all of the earthquake uh, language, right? Like about making a shift and shaking things up. And so that's, I think that is important in a name. My name, hello, my name is awesome. How to create brand names that stick. I mean, I've got the stick word in there. That's some borrowed interest from made to stick, which, you know, they're fine with. But, and know, I want to share with our listeners because they can't see this, but your cover that hello, my name is, and then awesome is written in just like the name badges that we would put on when we would go to networking events before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and how do you wear that? You stick it. Yeah. To your chest, right? So, yeah. so the phrase that you also have that metaphor working for you there. Too. Yeah, thank you. And then something that I've done is I have mailing labels made that look like the hello my name is sticker. Oh, and then the blank part where you would write your name is where I put people's address. Oh, fun. That's Yeah. Great. So, I think it's like book. So let's talk a little bit, because that's another strategy that like what I hear in that strategy is really keeping your book top of mind and keeping people. So can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah. So, well, one thing when I, so marketing my book, buy a lot of books to send out to people because my co- covers bright yellow. I mail them in these bright yellow, they're called shiny shippers and they're padded envelopes, but they're a really bright yellow. It's not like those kind of inner office mail envelope. Yeah. Manila. You know? Yeah. yeah, Manila. <laughs> Manila. Yeah. That's I wonder why it's called that. <laughs> so, so you get that in the mail and you get like a big sticker on it. And then I always put real stamps on because mm-hmm. it just shows that extra level, like a human being sent this. My hand write the labels. Another thing is I have a, I just want to show you, Robin, I know your listeners can't see this, um, but I do this package that I send out. It's a big, it's a yellow box that holds oh. four books. Oh. And I had it custom made. And like, these are the, the stickers that go on. So, on the cover, there's a picture of a little girl holding what looks like two giant Fruit Loops in front of her eyes. Oh, they're donuts. They're actually donuts. Oh, donuts. Yes. with And she's got pigtails and she's probably four years old. It's very, very cute. 
We can put a picture in the show I notes. Say, I have can, it. We, can we grab, can we get that picture we can put with the show notes? Yeah, I'll just send you the, the, yes, I'll send you the, the show notes. I have a, I have a gif of it. So actually I send out the box too when I do workshops for people, like I'll do a corporate workshop. It's a goodie box. So it comes with a bunch of fun, like there's a food for thought notepad. So that's another, like, because my company is called Eat My Words, we have this whole food theme and like anytime you can stretch a name or a title with legs like that. So like it comes, you get a, a pen that's shaped like a piece of licorice, like a red licorice stick or a black one, um, a toast coaster. I've got these mint tins. I don't know if you can see this, but let me ask, I have to ask you though, because donut to be a dominant theme. So yeah, I have donut note cards in there because donuts are fun. So here's the thing about donuts. Um, Donuts are fun and joyful, just like cupcakes are. And I'll tell your listeners this story. So you're familiar with cupcake vineyards, right? We all know that wine cupcake. So, and it's huge bestseller. So one day I got a call from someone, I won't name names, but someone that owns a very massive billion dollar winery and they wanted to compete with cupcake. And they said, what do you think of the name Baker's Dozen? I'm like, no, it doesn't make an emotional connection. Like cupcake says, and this is like, think about your title, like what emotional connection. So cupcake, it says celebration, joyful, colorful, fun, happy, right? Like it's just yummy, yummy, right? Like all of those things. And then you think of Baker's Dozen, to me, that just says, you know, uh, you're shopping, you're like, <laughs> you're like, it's brand. Like, I'm just thinking of like bread and rolls and brown, right. like, not exciting <laughs> at all. And math, you know, like <laughs> 13 is an unlucky number. Too. Well, I was I like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Right. 13, yeah. Yeah. So I just said, it's not the same. It's not a good name, but donuts. So it's like when I made that comment to Linda, like at first I had cried and had to eat a donut, like donut is just one of those inherently happy things. It's a funny word. And there's so many great donut visuals. We had the former CMO of Dunkin' Donuts, Bob Purcell, came to a party here and I got a big inflatable donut and I put it in our pool. And like, he loved that. And there's so many things you can buy with donuts on them. So yeah, donut stickers. So yeah, donuts are happy. But what I was going to show you is if you can see, so right now, Robin, I'm showing you the pink refrigerator in my office. So that is... Full of books. Oh my God. I love it. What a great bookshelf. <laughs> you probably have a lot of these authors on your show. When you go to the fridge at 4 a.m., it's to read. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, the pink fridge. So I have these little pink, a little mint tin that shaped like the pink fridge. It looks like the pink fridge. It has a pink fridge sticker. Our business card is the pink fridge. It opens up. So yeah, I have a lot of fun with the pink fridge that ties into the whole eat my words theme, but yeah, that's our icon, the pink fridge. That's fantastic. And I love all the congruency throughout. 
How do you apply that same concept in promoting a book? Like, give us more examples. I know your yellow envelope and then the sticker, the label that matches the cover. What are some other things that you've done or that maybe would get our listeners thinking about how they could brand their book promotion to go along with the book itself? One thing I've done is I have, well, offered, so I created a GIF or GIF of the goodie box opening up with all the goodies inside and use that to promote a webinar and giving like five of those away. I've also given signed books away. Oh, here's something really fun that I did. I thought this was such a good idea. I'd never seen anyone do it. So I did an airport bookstore campaign. I've done one twice now where my book was in airports. And I asked people when they saw it, to send a photo of it with something iconic from that city next to it. So my client Deja was in Florida, in Orlando, and she took a picture of it next to a Mickey Mouse doll. Another friend of mine was in San Francisco, took a picture of it next to a little mini trolley because you can find all that stuff in bookstores, right? Same, right in the same spot. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people have taken photos of my book in airport bookstores and sent it to me. And it's exciting. I know I was in Korea one time and I saw one of Adam Grant's books in the bookstore. And like, I couldn't understand what anything in the bookstore said, but I knew that was his book, right? Took a photo, (laughs) sent it to him. So yeah, anytime, like that's me engaging with an author. And like when people do that, I get super excited. And it's funny too, because sometimes my book will be next to other books with funny names or I'll like align myself with another author. Like, oh, look who they put my book next to. So, and people never get tired of seeing that on LinkedIn. Yeah. And you know, another thing, this also works the other direction, right? Like if you are, let's say you're an author and you're coming out with a book and you'd love to connect with somebody to endorse your book or write a forward or something like that. If you give their book a good review, one tip I got from Mike Michalowicz, who wrote Profit First, was to do a video review of the book. Oh. So few people do that. But I love what you're saying, too, about like taking a picture of the book, if you see it in kind of an unusual sort of a store or something like that. And these can all be ways to connect with an author maybe you would have some synergies with, you know, as oh, absolutely. Expert. That's how I got to know Adam Grant. I took a yeah. picture of me holding, what was it? Which book? It was give and take his first book. Yeah. I took a picture of me holding it next to my pink fridge, like a really fun, cute photo. And I mean, it wouldn't matter if I was cute or not, but well, it's a photo. Uh, it was cute. I was like wearing a dress. Hurt. I was wearing a dress and heels. Hey, if you can, it helps. But <laughs> but Adam didn't need that. But it was like it's something that he hadn't seen before. So I've definitely done that with authors. Yeah. Sent them pictures now, and I do. So I now do these video reviews, which I didn't oh, even yeah. think like I just do them because naturally, but. I have it where the pink refrigerator is on a little bit of a tilt. So if I open the door, it will slowly open and do a reveal. So now I can time it with my phone camera. I just open it and then it opens up. And then I have the person's book like faced up. (laughs) And then I'm like the latest addition to the pink fridge where I keep my cool books. Oh my God. And you know, that is so brilliant because now your 
leaving a review for another author, building goodwill, building your network, and you're simultaneously promoting your own business because your pink fridge is so closely associated with your brand. I love yeah. these leverage strategies. That's my favorite thing is when you can do one thing and accomplish three things with one action. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Terrific idea. So what are some other things that you've done to promote your book? Anything I know with COVID now, kind of anything offline is harder to accomplish, but yeah, well, yeah, it's hard because I bought my book came out right when like right before COVID it came out about five months before the whole shutdown and everything. And I had been sending like four books at a time to people in their office and just asking them to share them. And of course that stopped. And then just even asking someone back in the beginning, can I send you a book? Just send me your snail mail address. It's awkward, right? It was awkward. I mean, we're all working from home now. So I guess people are used to it. And yeah, so now people are going back into the office. So what I do is I send, I send one signed book for them. And I always ask, is there someone else that could use a book? And sometimes there is, sometimes there's not, but regardless, I always send two books and the first one signed to them. And the second one, I have a post-it note that I put on the cover that just says to share and it has, or I guess it could say share me and yeah, share me. And it has a little smiley face on it. Donut. Oh. No, it just, it's not a donut. <laughs> I guess I can make <laughs> it a donut. I post it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get some donut post-its. That's cute. Um, right? Yeah. Share me, share me. And then what happens is you get a conversation started. So it's right. not like me. I get your book. I like put it in the pink fridge, maybe forget about it. But like, if you have a second one, you're forced to give it to someone. And then you're like, Oh, I know her. She sent me, look, she signed mine. And like, she names things. Oh my gosh. She says amalgamated clusterfuck on page 71. Like <laughs> hilarious. Like, yeah. So it gets people talking, which is great. Brilliant. Brilliant. This is fantastic. Wow. So many great tips. Gosh. All right. We're coming close to our time here. So I want to ask you, like, is there another great tip that you have that you have not shared with us yet that I should have known to ask you about? Or <laughs> I get, well, I don't think you sh- there's something you should have known <laughs> to ask me. <laughs> maybe, no, or maybe something so creative, I never even could have thought of it. Whatever you want to share. I think what I would share is one thing I did in the back of my book that made it fun is I did an Ask Alexandra section where I just asked myself questions that I wanted to answer, like stuff that there wasn't room to answer in the book. And like one of the questions I asked myself was, do you sit around doing bong hits all day? (laughs) Or right? Like, yeah. What haven't you named that you've always wanted to, you know? Anything else you want to brag about? What are the names of your pets? Like just kind of fun stuff like that. So allow yourself to do that in your book. And then, yeah, just keep asking people to get involved, but do it from a genuine place. I have a gratitude. I always read, what do you author? Who do they thank? Right. And I think it says a lot about ego. The fewer people they think, the bigger their ego is. (laughs) Right. But I thanked a ton of people because. So many people influenced me throughout my life. And one thing I did that I thought was really smart is 
When I started as a namer, I came out of nowhere. I was an advertising copywriter and switched gears. And I have no, like, I don't have a degree in linguistics. I don't have any connections to that world. And so I got to know all the namers. I just asked for their help and introduced myself. And I thanked all of them in my book. And that's something they weren't expecting, but they've all helped me. I mean, there's so many of them and they still do to this day. We're, we're a very close-knit community for those who choose to participate in it. And it was just a nice thing to do. So don't be all stingy with your gratitudes and call it gratitude. And name your sections fun things. Like my what's new section is called what's new pussycat. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what I'm really getting out of everything you're saying is just really allowing your own personality to shine through and having fun. Have fun. So reading a book does not have to be a slog. If there's no. one takeaway that I'm getting is that there's a lot of ways to have fun promoting your book. Yeah. Have fun with it. Like people want to re- receive something fun in the mail. Yeah. A FedEx envelope isn't fun, but a hot yellow envelope with like hot rod stickers on it or not stickers, stamps, go to the post office online and they have fun stamps. They do. People love that stuff. Absolutely. So true. Wow. This is so much fun. So much fun. (laughs) Well, Alexander, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the Author's Corner and sharing these outstanding ideas. Do you have another book or anything coming up soon? No, I don't have another book. I have an online course that's based on my book. So I did that during the pandemic. That was my big project. And it's Um, on- No, no more books. I'll probably write a third edition. And and what is the course on? Is it naming? The course, yeah. The course is called How to Create Super Sticky Brand Names. And yeah, a lot of people have done it. You can get coaching from me, which is a nice way to do it. And yeah, it's really fun. My favorite name that one of my students has done, he does CrossFit and he was slipping, climbing ropes. And he came up with these grips for his feet and his hands. And I helped him name it Jack the Gripper is the name <laughs> of the product. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Yes. And Thank connecting, you. you know, this is also a great way to title a book, right? Connecting it to something that's already in our collective subconscious. Yeah, Robin, that's what makes something memorable if it's yeah. based in the familiar. Yep. And that's what I recommend with titles. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, that's something else we share. And I say the same thing about book titles, exactly, for for titles. And now it's also for business names. So perfect. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, Alexandra, thank you again. And this is a jewel and I'm sure our listeners are going to benefit greatly. So thank you again for being on the Author's Corner. Sure thing. My pleasure. Thanks, Robin. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time.